Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01004. Uh, winning and like sounds easy I go win but it takes a lot of mentality and it takes team prep and culture that we've been working on for years bro so sorry about that one 11.03 here on SENZ that was the answer by Ruby Tui to a question by Ricky Swinnell uh, also uh, joining us now Tony Johnson from Japan thanks very much TJ for joining us that's a, a real Sky Sport trifecta there of course Ruby Tui has been used uh, as a pundit on Sky. First of all, TJ, uh, thanks very much for your time. I know it's uh, still relatively early over there in Tokyo, and you've been seriously busy, man. How many games of, of uh, sevens have you called so far? Uh, I think about 45 over the last four. I'm not sure. I think I know it was uh, <laughs> 24 over the first two days, and then uh, got a bit of backup from the, the Irish commentator, Ryan Nugent, joined us, and so... That sort of shared it around on, on day three. Um, so I think it's, oh, mate, 45, something like that. Yeah. Don't worry, mate, I've got the Manuka honey lozenges here that uh, they keep the voice hopefully in good nick. <laughs> Tony, uh, look, Tony Johnson, folks, of course, uh, I, was, I was Sky Sport, but uh, honestly, he's been, um, I will say the word veteran because he's been to so many world events uh, in terms of rugby, even as far back as when he was a radio journalist as well. He knows exactly what goes on at all these things. But, Tony, this Olympics is slightly different. It's a virus-driven Olympics or a virus-threatened Olympics. From a broadcasting point of view, what are, what are you noticing that is different? Well, first of all, I, I think the Japanese have done an amazing job. I mean, I, I was thinking this morning as I went through the security, it is the smoothest running I've ever known, and that includes the fact that you have to have your temperature taken as you go in, you have to sanitise your hands, but the, the mag and bag, they call it, you know, where you've got to put your bag on the conveyor, all that sort of stuff that, you know, usually gets people grumpy. It, it's, it's just clockwork here. Um, yes, there have been some issues um, in, in the village, but they've been able to contain them. I think the fact that this has not turned out to be uh, so far touched with the super spreader event that many people um, feared, I think says so much uh, for, for the way that, despite the opposition in the country, um, that the Japanese people have gone about it. Um, and, and look, I, I feel pretty safe with the systems. But yeah, it's weird not having the crowds. It's a shame because, just from my perspective working at the sevens i thought the men's tournament is as good as i've ever been to in terms of the competition the drama 
the twists of fate, all that sort of thing, the spectacular action, and the great story, of course, of CG winning again. It's just a shame there weren't people there to enjoy it. But it is what it is, and the, and the funny thing is, and I know, Smithy, if I'd listened to the sort of the breathless reporters on the TV networks before the games, I wouldn't have even bothered turning up. But I'm glad I have, because once the sport starts, I think all those other things tend to go out the window, at least for the duration of the, of the contest. Yeah, TJ, great sentiments, uh, and I, I, I really echo them, and I'm, I'm here sitting in Havelock North quite safe and sound, and, uh, but appreciating the work that's going on, and really, I'm getting into the sport as well, and I did fear for them. I have no doubt now that they're going to go the distance uh, because of the fine work of the people over there in Japan. Uh, let's get to the drama of that final between Fiji and New Zealand. You called it. Uh, there was uh, uh, so much emotion, so many tears. I got the feeling when I saw the Fijians uh, and the anthem that we're probably 7-0 down before the whistle started. Yeah, I think that's, that's fair, Smithy. Um, they, they were driven, and they do seem... And I think it comes down to their captain, Jerry Tuwai. He is an amazing... Not just a, an amazing rugby player, an amazing person. He's the only survivor. You know, the teams have come here with four, five, six, seven survivors of the last Olympic campaign. He's the only bloke. And yet it looked like it was the same guys. They were, they were so good, but... They, they seem to be able to channel that, that pressure and expectation because you know that Fiji is just basically collectively on the edge of its seats, um, desperate for them to win, and yet somehow they managed to, to, to ride it out. Um, I, I thought New Zealand did well. They made a real go of it. Scott Curry, it's the best I've ever seen him play. He was a fantastic captain. But in the end, I, you know, who's to deny Fiji their success? I think you'd be pretty mean-spirited to begrudge them that success. I think New Zealand, I, I don't buy this argument that they haven't atoned for what happened in Rio. To me, they have. They've got a medal. It's a silver medal. In the end, you know, you can't deny Fiji were the best team. I think our guys did good well to get a silver medal. And, you know, hopefully the gold might come in the women's. I, I, I don't know. But, but uh, I, I think, you know, to, to me, I don't, I don't feel uh, any sense of disappointment that New Zealand didn't win that gold medal and you've got to feel great for Fiji. Yeah, I do. I do feel great. I felt great after their 15s performance. I felt even better after that. Now, you talked about uh, the women's performance and the possibility of the gold medal. 21-0 down at one point yesterday to Great Britain. The gold medal was looking a long way away, but, man, do they show some character, and, and I think that that's a steely enough performance to say gold is on the horizon. Yeah, uh, look, um, I thought they were in trouble. Um, you know, usually you see a game like that, a team gets away to a good start, you think, oh, there's plenty of time. But I thought what, a couple of players, I thought, just froze on it a little bit. Uh, there were a couple of mistakes, handling errors, that I, I just, I think um, some of the players might have had it in their mind that things were going to pan out a certain way, and it didn't happen. Uh, and it really took, I, I thought, three, three players in particular, to me, stood out. Firstly, the captain, Sarah Hedini, because she, she does so much of the hard work and she kind of got things going forward. Uh, Tyler Nathan Wong, um, and, and then, of course, um, Michaela Blyde, and you could see the fire in her eyes as she crossed for that mm. third try. It was, it was a brilliant recovery, and in a way, you know, you, you, you'd hope that, okay, that's the, the, the warning, the dud performance out of the way. That's the one where suddenly the reality of, we're not training here anymore. This isn't the Oceania Sevens where it doesn't really matter if you win. This is the Olympics. And I think the reality, you know, probably hit a couple of players pretty hard. And hopefully they've got that out of the way now. Um, I, I, look, I still see them as favourites for the gold medal. Australia, 
looked amazing yesterday, but we're hearing all sorts of stories about what's been going on. I won't repeat any of them, Smithy, because they may not be true. They may be exaggerated, but I suspect some of them are true. But we're hearing some, some pretty amazing stories about what's been going on in the Aussie Sevens camp. Uh, and, and to me, um, you know, they play USA Today. The USA will try and belt them up, and, and, and that'll be the test of character. Um, because they've been the best-looking uh, team so far, but whether they can continue that, that's, that's the big story. And that's going to have a huge effect on the draw as well. Well, if the Aussies don't get a medal, I imagine uh, some of that stuff will come out, Tony. I, I look forward to, to that, possibly, because uh, I, like a bit of, I like a bit of that seedy uh, stuff, it's fair to say. Tony, yeah, I love that. Hey, Tony, you've called, as you say, you know, 45 games. Uh, my observation, and I could be completely and utterly wrong here, and it might be done for the right reason, is it being over-refereed? There seems to be a lot of whistle. We complain about it in the 15s, but I did a, I studied a game the other day, and I think there were 11 penalties in 14 minutes of action. You transfer that across to an 80-minute game, that's a lot of penalties in comparison. Yeah, look, I don't mind a lot of penalties if the message gets through. I, I think... and. I know that um, you know there's some sensitivity around the refereeing circles about this, but I, I do think just little things like um, you know where, where's the mark for the kick, um, and and I've seen cases where players I think have taken quite a legitimate kick and and got away with it, um, and, and not got a you know sorry have been called back. Uh, it, it's sort of looked a bit pedantic at times. I think what what's bothering us is the uh, inconsistency at the breakdown, where some players are going in. They're putting their hands on the ground or their elbows on the ground and uh, being allowed to get away with it. Others aren't. Uh, you know, yesterday, there was an open and shut case for a red card against the Russian captain, uh, Tiron, when she, she yanked the hair of another player. Now, that is a red card and, and, and a suspension. And yet she wasn't cited and she was only yellow carded. And I think they were too scared to make that big call, red card someone at the Olympics. So I, I don't think the players are necessarily getting the right message from that. Uh, look, hopefully there's time for it to get better over the next day and a half. It, it has been a bit of a bugbear for sure. Uh, you don't necessarily get all of the best referees for something like this. Um, I have to say, I thought Salika Winiata has, has looked really good, um, but some of them have been here. Yeah, it, the con- inconsistency more than the frequency of the whistle has been the issue for me. Uh, but there's been some good performances there as well, mate. Shall we stay on refereeing, Tony? I'm sure that uh, you're just not uh, insular in terms of the Olympics over there and you've been following uh, other stories on the internet. The bizarre one of Rossi Erasmus. Now, my dealings with Rossi Erasmus, uh, sideline and uh, with him as coach, have always been very pleasant. Uh, he's been mild-mannered. Um, you know, we know uh, looking at him in the coach's box, he can get a wee bit excited from time to time, but there's a lot of coaches in that bracket but not many coaches and not many former coaches would go to the extent that he's gone uh, overnight, basically, in South Africa. What have you made of this video, hour-long video, about a refereeing performance? Well, that, that's unprecedented. It's extraordinary, and I think it's going to land him in trouble, and I think it's calculated. Rassi is, uh, he, he is a master schemer. He's, he's a bit of a manipulator. And, and look, this is a Lions tour. Uh, and we saw it in New Zealand four years ago. Uh, you know, Gaddy got up to it, you know, when he started accusing the All Blacks of diving through and taking the feet out of Connor Murray. It was, it was a nonsense, really. But it was all designed. With, it had a purpose in mind. And in the end, 
Uh, it succeeded when they scored a try after a pretty blatant obstruction in Wellington. Um, you know, that sort of, you know, it, it's all calculated. But this is just, to me, this is beyond the pale, what he's done here. He's going to get himself into trouble. And it's almost as if, what are you doing here, Rossi? Are you prepared to fall on your sword? Is this the, the justice for Bucky's moment of this tour? Remember that, uh, the last time they were in South Africa, Bucky's bought it, cleaned out Adam Jones. He was sent off or suspended, I think it was. And, the, you know, they all used it as a, a sort of a rallying point. I think this is exactly what he's got in mind. He's trying to rally his team ahead of the second test. To me, it's unconscionable what he's done. He's, he's put ridiculous amount of pressure on, on Ben O'Keefe, the referee. Wouldn't want to be in his shoes. Um, he, he's going to get hit with something. But I think he's done it uh, in a quite calculated manner to try and fire things up ahead of a test that South Africa need to win. As I say, it's a Lions tour, and, and it's nothing that we haven't... Well, it, you know, the tone of it something we've seen before, but not to this extent. It's unprecedented. On the field, uh, TJ, the Lions got up in the first test match. Uh, are you expecting... Of course, they're all being played in Cape Town. There's no high felt to worry about. There's no uh, Bloemfontein. There's no Johannesburg. No... Uh, those stadiums are out of the frame here, so that works in favour, to me, clearly, uh, of the Lions. But uh, do you expect uh, a repercussion here on the field from the Springboks and a better performance? Oh, absolutely. Um, I, I don't know. I just think they've gone a bit too much one way with their selection. They've just gone for size and power. And, of course, they're up against... Uh, you know, Gatlin, no-one has coached uh, the Lions more successfully than him now. Um and, and so, you know, he'll be, they'll be ready for it. Um, you know, the Springboks will be desperate. Uh, they just have to watch that in their desperation and with the emotion on high, uh, particularly in the light of what Erasmus has done, that someone doesn't do something stupid because if they do something stupid, it'll cost them the series. Um, and, 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 look, I, I wouldn't be surprised if the Lions went 2-0 up here. Um, but then having said that, uh, you know, we know South Africa, we know that the, the mentality that they develop in situations like that makes for a fascinating contest. And just, uh, um, and, and, uh, hopefully, um, I, I'll still be here. I'm just going to be able to find somewhere to watch it. <laughs> TJ, as always, mate, thank you so much for your very knowledgeable input. Uh, keep taking those beautiful uh, honey lozenges, mate, because uh, your work is only half done. And then I believe that he's going on to the surfing as well, folks. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 91.